I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Summer House Hive. Uh, I am here today with the friend of the pod, Patrick Sandberg. Hi. Hi. And we are covering the explosive part, f- first part of a two-parter reunion. Yes. And I'm, I'm just glad that this show is finally getting the reunion it deserves. That's true. Did they have reunions before or they were always kind of in like the Watch What Happens Live studio or something? Yeah, I think they were packed like sardines in the clubhouse and then like asked a series of softball questions. But this one, like it really went in. And even the people that wrote in questions were like they ha- they were coming for blood. So I really appreciated <laughs> that as well. <laughs> um, I noticed everybody on Twitter.com was, um, first of all, let me say, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you back. There's a lot to discuss. Like there's fashion to discuss, which I enjoy speaking to you about. And then there's <laughs> just like really deep seated, like psychological warfare going on, yes. which is like a whole other layer and so it's uh it's and it's and there's a reunion so it's just like a new thing it's great on all levels yeah and i feel like you know being a commentator on summer house is something that i've always looked forward to being it's an aspiration um a career goal <laughs> well, a milestone well, i'm happy to provide yeah it's huge <laughs> i have been watching every episode from the beginning because i'm a reality tv um addict and um i love a backdoor spinoff i'm i have very like controversial opinions on all of these things i think we talked about this a little bit when i was on talking about vanderpump rules but like a backdoor spinoff to me is like better than climaxing it's like (laughs) it's like giving birth it feels like it's when you get to see like true production ingenuity. Like I just love the way that the what were their names? The Workus, <laughs> Workus, the Workus, Workus twins. twins came into they Sir, are... and it was like ta-da! They have their own show. <laughs> and like yeah, they did go into Sir, didn't yeah, they? It was a spinoff of Vanderpump Rules. And like it, what? Okay, and like remember when the 
cognitive dissonance like I experienced as a viewer when we saw like the Vanderpump crew go to Montauk. I was like, this is not right. Like this is like I thought wrong it was so right. I think they need to We've come back more. Opened, like a portal and <laughs> it's we're now seeing them like out of the realm of reality. I mean, let's look to the originator, Aaron Spelling, the originator, Darren Starr, and what they did with <laughs> 90210 spinning off into Melrose Place, which, you know, is the blueprint. And I think that, like, what they did, what they did wrong, actually, in my, I'm, I'm like doing the sign of the cross as I say this because I'm like, I'd never, I would never cross Aaron Spelling. But, you know, it's like you can't bring in Donna and David and Kelly to introduce the show and then they just are never seen or heard from again. I think that they should weave back in. Like, I want to see these shows like weave in and out of each other. I feel like the Summer House stars should be popping up in West Hollywood for the new season of Vanderpump Rules, even if it's just for an episode. Like, So you like the episodes where it's like in on Summer House, like Katie and Tom came to visit and like stayed in the house yeah. for like a couple episodes. I like an extended universe of reality. <laughs> okay. You're, just like you real go, life. Like, Marvel. You get like Marvel with things. See, I like it. I well, like this is very much, separate. This is much more prestige than Marvel. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. get that right. <laughs> Let's get that out. Um, I think um, this is I much more stylish, better produced, uh, more hotter brilli- people, more honestly. brilliantly edited, much more um, technical skill going into yeah. Summer House and more comedy. So much funnier, way more charismatic star power. Um, I I see. I do not enjoy crossovers, and then when I'm when there's a backdoor pilot, like I'm always initially resistant, even though mm-hmm. I do cave and end up watching and loving like every single spinoff. I just like I get furious. It's like I'm very resistant to change. Your like reaction, in place. I think your reaction is like the the sane reaction. Is that the standard yeah. reaction? <laughs> That's the standard like... reaction. And I'm a pervert, so I go the opposite way. You and, like cross pollination. Yeah. I watch everyone freak out and say no. Like everyone puts their hands up and they're like no. Like it's like when you're in a self defense class. Stop. No. <laughs> And I'm like, yes. I'm like, okay, this is like getting <laughs> crazy. I'm like, even the episode of Vanderpump Rules when they went to Vegas, sorry to like digress, and there was like the other Sheena. I was like, no, yes. that was incredible. <laughs> that I was I was so in. Like I was ready for that backdoor pilot and oh my God, spin I was, off into Farah's world. I started sweating. I was, I was like, is this happening? Is there gonna be like another Vanderpump Rules in Vegas? Like I got really excited like and why then, wasn't there i don't know that seemed like a slant like a duh slam dunk move to just I cover know. the i like i need a show in vegas like that takes place in the same realm as like vanderpump rules with like workers at a restaurant but then they happen to live in vegas because a restaurant slash casino is like a restaurant on steroids because there's mm-hmm. also casino staff. It's like the waitress is fucking with the the poker dudes or whatever. I need that, you know. I need like that. Yeah. That's sleazy. Hasn't there been... It would be like Showgirls. It would be like if Showgirls yeah. was smoking inside. Was I need a oh show where people can smoke inside. Like we old need to bar see flies, it. like old ladies at the slot machines, like 
what if there was a regular and she like came in and she like commented on all of their personal dramas? Like there's so much you can do there. Yeah. Someone make this happen. Yeah. Why hasn't there been one? I demand justice. I, especially because I think that Lisa Vanderpump is in a precarious place in her production career, given that she's no longer on Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Vanderpump Rules blew up in her face due to the dirtbag personnel that she was showcasing, <laughs> yeah. um, being outed no for it the, would work their personalities. Out well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, like, was think, the whole attraction to the show. Um, do, and, do you think that, um, sorry to interrupt you, but it was just announced that it's coming back officially for a ninth mm-hmm. season. They're going to start filming. They announced like the cast members who are involved. They've been filming. Do they think we're dumb? I live in West Hollywood. They have been filming, right? They've been filming. I think it's like, I mean, you I know, saw Raquel and she pre- looks camera ready. You know when they're on the show... Like where it will be even like the first episode and someone will be like, well, like, you know, this person was rude to me earlier this summer and suddenly there's a sepia toned flashback. And it's like, so they mm-hmm. had been filming. Okay. Like, kind of before the initial start date. I think that's what's going on. Do you think that, do you have high hopes? Like, what do you think is going to happen you know what? When so it comes back. I'm a total optimist. So like my default is high hopes. And that probably sounds really okay. crazy. I like to manifest greatness. And like, so mm-hmm. I go into everything with like 100% faith, especially when it comes to Bravo. They okay. tend not to disappoint me. So I know that retooling Vanderpump Rules they even tried to bring in a new cast and those assholes got fired. So like, <laughs> yeah. I know that this was not an easy task for them. <laughs> and I know that they're dealing with like a ravenous audience <laughs> who are going to be hypercritical of whatever they do. So like spiritually I am with them. Like they have my full support. I'm just like, I'm trying to send good vibes to Vanderpump rules production because like, you know, I want to see them succeed. I do too. They have a near impossible task ahead of them. Mm-hmm. But I do think it it bodes well that Dana is not returning. Who's Dana? <laughs> she was the comedian. She was the stand-up oh. comedian blonde. She could have been she a contender. Didn't thrill me. <laughs> she could have <laughs> been a contender. <laughs> she didn't throw me either. She was not thrilling. She was no Danica, who I Danica thought was yeah. an MVP. <laughs> Danica yeah. could be, yeah. Danica does give and you the Charlie... Elizabeth Berkeley energy of like. Yeah. And so I didn't hear any follow up on like Danica, Charlie, Farah, but I'm hoping and praying that they're still in the mix. I think Danica is a cold fish. Personally. So? I just don't think she has the spark. I don't think she, I don't find her compelling. However, I, I, like, I will actually compare her to, drumroll, my favorite cast member on Summer House, which is Paige. Mm-hmm. I think Paige is, like, the most spellbinding, beautiful, funny, deadpan presence on that show. Like, I 
she's my favorite cast member. I love her attitude. I love how lazy she is. I feel like Danica has like a little bit of that, but she's missing something. Like there's like no life behind the eyes or something. Do you know what I'm saying? Are you saying? thinking of Charlie? Are you thinking of Charlie? Oh no, 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 no Charlie, Charlie. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. yeah no, yeah. it's all good. I was like, Danica, no, it's Charlie. Yeah, I think Charlie, she could get to like a page level, but she's gonna have to try. Paige does it very effortlessly, and I too appreciate mm. I appreciate lazy. I loved every time they cut to Paige and Hannah and lying in bed. I was like, I love this. I love that they're horizontal like 90% of the time. And I love that just when you think Paige's energy can't drop any lower, Perry will FaceTime her and then she just <laughs> flatline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, that's so relatable. Yeah, know. when you're just like over whoever it is you're fucking and you're like, I actually like cannot stand this person, but I also don't have the energy to like break up with them right now or initiate like an argument. Like I'm just going to go like full no pulse on them until they allow me to get off the fucking phone. And as someone with no chill personally, like I <laughs> re- I'm so drawn to people that are enigmatic in that way where like even if she was excited, she would just say it like this. Like she would never you would never register it. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's like naturally so funny and exciting to see. And you know, Twitter it's- was really going off about um Paige last night. She became the target because everybody thinks that she's enabling Hannah and I just want to say back off. Paige is <laughs> flawless. Leave, Leave Paige, Paige alone. <laughs> I think Hannah has shown time and time again that she cannot be tamed by anyone. Right. And namely, like, just reality can't tame her. Like, so I have there's so nothing much anyone to can say. About say. Hannah. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Okay, wait. Let's talk outfits first. Okay. I really found myself drawn to Amanda's outfit. It was it was a wild, it was a departure. It was kind of unexpected for me. I don't think it was like she hit it out of the park, but I appreciate what she was trying to do. And so mm. to for me, I would give her like best dressed of the night. Hmm. Best dressed. I'm like, who else was there? I mean, sure. That's they were it was kind it's of a slim low bar. Picking. Yeah. <laughs> no one yeah, no one like nailed it where I was like, yes. Lindsay did she did like a classically Lindsay look, and I think she was just like she was on fire. She was sitting next to Andy. She has like the prime positioning. I think Andy really likes her, so that made me happy to see. I think the thing about Amanda's outfit is that the reason why it works is that it is subverting kind of the Bravo visual language, right? Like Mm -hmm. there is a way that people dress at Bravo reunions and Paige did her version of that, for example, and Hannah did a version of that. I don't know who's, I don't, I feel like she didn't pick that outfit. I feel like some, um, squirmy network appointed stylist was like this a shoulder like metallic put this on um but i feel like amanda chose her own outfit and but what i will say about amanda's outfit is that it kind of 
um, underwhelms me because I feel like this is a style that is very popular right now on Instagram. I think a lot of girls are wearing these kind of like clingy mesh turtleneck type of tops and like slicking their hair back. It just feels very like uninspired to me in a different way. Um, okay. So I was not feeling it. <laughs> and and Fair. I wasn't feeling anyone. I mean, we can talk about Lindsay and the yellow I get the kind of like abrasive yellow pantsuit, jumpsuit, strapless. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, <laughs> I was very um, taken aback by the the B roll <laughs> footage in the beginning when they're getting ready. She was there was mm-hmm. something Lindsay was saying where she was like holding a coffee mug and she was like leaning in a lot with her face and being like, are you ready to have fun? Are you ready to do this? Are you ready to go? And her face was so aggressive because she was wearing so much foundation and her face was always a foundation story with Lindsay. Yeah. And And her hair color and the dress were like kind of so shockingly different from each other. Like you have like a cold, like a very cool frosty blonde uh and then this like, bright yellow dress so that it was like just a lot of color and things for your eyes to take in and but i it, was it you know very hubbard it's very hubbard i feel like Lindsay is the quintessential um i guess like sort of in the same way you can be like a non-practicing jew or a non-practicing catholic like she's a non-practicing publicist like she's just mm-hmm. pu- <laughs> she she is a publicist in her mitochondria. Like she was born a publicist and she'll die a publicist. And it's like not that's not a job for her. It's a persona. It's a look. It's an attitude. It's an energy. <laughs> you know, it's like it is an impulse, a feeling, a delivery. It's like everything about her is publicist in the most aggressive way. And like that was She's a publicist fully embodied. Outfit. It was a publicist outfit. That is such a type of persona that I, I deeply appreciate so much and like love to watch, especially like female publicists who have that kind of energy. I just love to watch them like navigate the world because I it's feel a like tone it's so of voice from my personality and like vibe. And mm. it's the, it's, there's so much intensity mm. behind all of it. It's a vocal register. It's like, it is like, you know, there was that moment where, um, why do I space on their names when I spend so much time with these people? When Luke was saying about Hannah, like, oh, I wish you nothing but the best. And she was like, I hate when guys say that. You don't wish her that. You wish her a decent life. It's like, okay, publicist calm down like that's so every publicist I've ever been on set with. They just like, I don't have time for bullshit. Say what it is. This shoot's okay. We don't love it. Like, as it's happening, it's like, okay, well, can you, like, get out of here, bitch? Like, <laughs> they're always trying to call everybody out. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Take his I love. I loved that side, that side note. Of you hers. had too much, like, yeah, sprinkled too much Adderall right. on your Frosted Flakes this morning. <laughs> she really was. She was ready to fucking go. That was a publicity um, mode. She gets in publicity beast mode when she says this. She like is like, she's publicity. <laughs> Abs- <laughs> and beyond. I fucking love her for it. Yeah. <laughs> they need to bring that Carl, show back so she could be a foil. <laughs> she should be like their enemy. Yeah. The, the like rival publicist mm-hmm. that the girls have to like battle with. 
And like, but when I also say non-practicing, I truly mean it because she's never had a client. Like, it's like she doesn't actually have experience in publicity. It was just something she just, you know, knew that she was drawn to because of who she is deep down. But like, you know, it's like I've gone on her various websites and tried to look into like what type of publicity she does and like, you know, case studies and all of that. (laughs) And it's restaurants in New York I've never heard of. You know, that I don't Love. think exists. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think she, like, did some social media PR for, like, a salsa brand or something. I don't know. It's, like, this is not... This is all just sort of, like, you know, a construct in order to get her into her real job, which is reality TV goddess. Yeah. My favorite thing from, like... I now think she's it was, a like, star. two or three where she was, like, I'm can't wait to start my own firm like hubhouse pr and like really hyped up her own firm and then we never saw her like do another (laughs) bit of work for that firm like (laughs) ever again but i love that she did that and like went out on her own and i i'm obsessed with her firm i'm sure she got (laughs) some like um kind of like piecemeal clients who were like oh hey like we're launching a new vodka at this rooftop lounge. Can you like help us with the event? And then it just became a logistical nightmare. She traumatized everybody involved and then showed up and made it all about herself. And then everybody was like, Oh, we're not dealing with a publicist. We're dealing with like someone who's an influencer because she's on reality TV. Yeah. That's totally. (laughs) Um, I Carl wearing white pants. Like, I mean, Carl's, bottom half is truly the gift that keeps on giving but i would love to see him in like a non-white pants really went outfit. a little severe with the haircut it probably happened right before taping so i'm gonna mm-hmm. let it slide but um i love carl everyone loves carl how did yeah, carl become america's love. how did he become america's sweetheart i know i mean a struggle with addiction relatable death also relatable also he handled it which seems like most alcoholics on reality television don't handle it so there's like something incredibly like hopeful about him that we're not used to seeing it's like we've seen people leave reality shows to deal with addiction and like it's just sort of left a mystery what happened i'm talking about kim richards i'm talking Mm. about dorinda medley (laughs) like whereas with (laughs) carl it is nice to see him like being able to be in that incredibly um, unstable, like alcohol fueled environment and, and, and within reason, not given, you know, it's like he did drink a little bit after his brother died. I feel like that's understandable, but like, yeah. um, Yeah. It's like, it's interesting when you get into these shows and you're with these people and like, you see them behaving like absolute shitheads. And I don't mean that specifically about him. I mean that about everybody. And then here you are like four or five seasons later and you're like, I love you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're amazing. Full like 180. Like earlier seasons, I was like, he is the devil. He's not to be Mm -hmm. trusted. Like I didn't even find him attractive. It was just like a, like a police line do not cross situation. And then now I'm just like, God, I fucking love Carl. Like, and he was such a womanizer before. And I guess now that they're in quarantine, that wasn't so much a possibility, but he didn't even really womanize within the house. And he like definitely had the opportunity to, which also shows like a great amount of restraint. And like, he almost seemed like very Zen 
this year where he's just like, I'm not getting into any of that shit. Yeah, where he's like, I'm going to bed. That yeah. was his like move all the time. And then he would go to bed. And I was like, wow, I feel like inspi- I felt inspired by Carl to like establish just my own regular bedtime and like a nighttime <laughs> routine. <laughs> I was like, if Carl's doing this, there's no reason I can't do it, too. And then the night of the fight with Luke, obviously, like he feels so guilty about that and ashamed of it. And like that was very palpable. But it also it also, you know, even that I didn't even really think was that big of a deal. And it's like, well, you have to let it out at some point. You're in a house with these maniacs are driving you insane. It's like you're going to get into the drama at least one night out of the entire summer. Like, yeah. And it was like he I felt like he carried himself fine about it. And like he also was throwing punches wearing boxer briefs and then walked around kind of like in Donald Duck mode with like a sweatshirt <laughs> and the boxer briefs on I was like I'm feeling this like <laughs> hot that's always been like the hottest yeah. silhouette really yeah. hot oh I love it there's nothing better I also loved Amanda like gripping for dear life on the elastic waistband of Kyle's underwear as he was storming toward the staircase because it reminded me of like the dog with the biting the underwear of the little girl on like the side sunscreen bottle do you know what i'm mm-hmm. talking about yeah it's a copper tone moment yeah she was like being the copper tone dog in that moment it was like very like classic american like <laughs> they are kind of classic american couple <laughs> like these the are our new symbols our new yeah that is like <laughs> um luke seems like he's had facial work done like botox or like a recent peel or some lasering like i can't put my finger on what it is but there's something like severe going on with his face and i was like he either needs makeup he's either wearing too much makeup or not wearing enough makeup and it's hard to say which one it is um well you know he's a male model and male models are incredibly vain it is their job to be um Mm -hmm. i do think that like Okay, can we just like get into it? Are we still talking about the looks? Let's get I into it. I don't even. I don't even care how these like people <laughs> dress. Like truly, it's not the same thing as Vanderpump Rules to me. I feel like with Vanderpump Rules, they really take it so far in a direction, whereas with these people, everything is always this kind of like watered down amalgam of like Bravo TV um, wardrobe department mixed with like this sort of Instagram like, trends Instagram trends and like you know classic classic northeastern <laughs> prep and like that's mm-hmm. that's their interpretation of the Hamptons also and like I remember when Summer House first started I was like I can't believe there's a show for these people because I've worked my whole career in and out of various creative ad agencies that are all in the Flatiron. And like the Flatiron as a part of Manhattan is Summer House. It is all those girls who speak in Amanda's voice. Um, It's like they're shaking their salads and they're going to their like creative agency influencer social media marketing jobs. And they all go to the Hamptons for like on the weekends and like it's a total culture of like straight people in New York who shouldn't live there because they're not creative and they contribute nothing like and it would nauseate me and I would become morbidly depressed when I was working at certain ad agencies in that neighborhood because I was around so many people like that and I was like 
do they it's crazy because you know being and like i sound like a fucking snob and i don't even care being in new york around like very vibrant and exciting like subculture and you know nightlife and fashion and art and like there's so much important shit happening there and then you, there's like this part of town that's just super corporate wench like corporate wench mm-hmm. with the salad from sweet green and like that's who these people are that's who this show is about but at least with this cast they're contributing because of the show i feel like initially i was like wow bravo zeroed in on like this like horrible strand of person in manhattan and it was repulsive to me to watch it. I think I was drawn in because I was so disgusted. And now I'm like obsessed with them, but I also feel like they have all been shaped by the show. So I feel like yeah. they are now kind of a different strand of person, if that makes sense. They've mutated. They are. They're entertainers and like reality stars now. Mm-hmm. Which that's exactly you just like described my kind of relationship with watching Vanderpump Rules where I was like wow Bravo zeroed in on this very specific type of like aging West Hollywood resident Mm -hmm. who like is at the precipice of having to decide like if they're just going to move back to their hometown because they have just because acting didn't work out acting's not working out singing's not working out and like you're getting probably a little too old to do like sex work if that's what you wanted to do Mm -hmm. in like in like hollywood in like hollywood party sex work and so and like you're drinking too much you're smoking cigs you're incredibly unstable and (laughs) you work (laughs) You work at like the shittiest (laughs) restaurant that's also like expensive. I was like, oh my God, like I'm around these people all the time because I live in West Hollywood or like adjacent. And I'm always just like, how are the like who and how? And then they like, and why? Why? How? Why? (laughs) Yeah, all the questions. And then it all worked out and I got to see. But then it was like too close. And then now I have like a very tortured relationship with like, all the people on Vanderpump like it's molded with my it's molded with my like emotional state where I have like there's some sort of like lines have gotten crossed and confused Mm -hmm. I can't separate like my feelings about the show from just like my feelings about like life in general but didn't you get incredibly like too close like they became flew your next too door neighbors close to the, <laughs> flew too close to the sun like my the first iteration of this podcast like I had a co-host and his girlfriend and they became really close to the cast and got Jackson mm-hmm. Brittany and Katie and Tom to like move into their building and they were hanging out all the time like fully like became one with them and I like saw it all happen and I got to like interview some of them, which was amazing. But then it was like their drama just ends up becoming your drama, whether you like it or not, if you have them in your life in any capacity. And I saw that happen. and I was like shaken to my core. It's such a slippery slope. Like I am friends with a couple or a few, a couple acquaintances with a few real housewives. And it's just Mm -hmm. kind of through. And like, I think that this is like part of a lesson, a lesson for everybody especially listeners of this podcast. Like when it comes to reality TV, like it is real life to a degree. It isn't. And to a degree it is. So like, you know, 
and I think this is like the law of attraction. Like I think everything in life, if you think about it enough, it comes true. And like if you devote too much attention to these reality shows, you can find yourself in them. Like you can find yourself like you draw them into your life and then their drama becomes your drama. And suddenly you're like, what have I done? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I've been on real housewife tapings three times Mm -hmm. and like, it is just sort of a thing where I would start to get invited. (laughs) And it was like, because it is somehow known or gotten around that I'm obsessed with the Real Housewives to the point that like I'm being drawn you are into me. the Housewives. You are me, but with Housewives, <laughs> and I have been on Vanderpump Rules also thrice. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know if this is like what I wanted for myself. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, it and, like, surely, <laughs> it surely wasn't. It's nice it is, to have it, it removed, is, you know, and isn't like it's exciting. But you're also just like, why am I like, why am I doing this? And yeah, but it's also like, why not? I mean, by the last time, I was sort of like, I refuse to be on camera. And like every time a camera came around, I like ran behind it because I was just like, I don't want to see myself on this show. Like, yeah, I would actually rather die. You can't become, <laughs> you can't become a fic, a background fixture. No. Oh my god, I do not want to be one of those gay guys that's like at every party, like looking at Ramona crazy because she's screaming. You know what I mean? It's like I had to fucking hide. I was like, I've been, hi- I've been in hiding on Real Housewives. <laughs> And, like, it is more interesting to see the show getting made. Like, I was more starstruck by the producers, of course, than I was with the Housewives because it's, like, this is your chance to see who is actually making the show. Yeah, it's who fascinating. Are, like, and the way that they're, like... heroes, you know what I mean? These are the real yeah, heroes. The real heroes, the producers. Yeah, like, the you. nine cameramen who are, like, running around with these heavy-ass cameras. Like, it is, like, incredible. I'm, like, I feel like I'm watching firefighters or, like... <laughs> soldiers in like a great war and i'm like wow do people nobody knows these men these legends their their fight no one knows their fight yeah (laughs) um okay wait back to back to the fucking reunion i would be just looking at hannah like i would be shitting myself if i were her like this would be yeah. The reckoning to end all reckonings. And like, I don't know if I could show my face after. I, I don't know. Like I would be, I would be really nervous. First of all, you would never be in this position. No, because I'm not like a fucking psycho. Like I know how to, <laughs> I know how to just like reel it in to a certain extent and like not go just like balls to the wall. Also, I think that, um, you know, we've seen before certain housewives or on Vanderpump rules, certain cast members go into reunions and you know, they're going to be the one in the hot seat and you've seen Mm -hmm. various ways that they handle it and it drives the viewers insane. And it certainly drove me insane. But like there was at least there was one season where it was Sheena and Sheena was stonewalling all of it and was literally saying, Oh, I haven't seen that. I don't watch the show. Like, mm-hmm. so she wouldn't even engage because she'd be like, I didn't see you say that because I don't watch the show. And then she was, you know, she was just sort of like apologizing. 
and and just like sort of reasserting like all I want is to be friends with you and all I, I just care about you and I hope that everything's good. And it was just like so phony and it was driving everybody crazy. But it's like that's kind of what you have to do or you're just opening up yourself to like crying on camera, acting insane, like being screamed at. Like, and I really feel like Hannah didn't go into the reunion with like a battle plan. I feel like she just went in winging it, which is not how she should be behaving. If she knows how she, if she sees how the season unfolded, she's missing an opportunity to control the narrative. Yeah. But I think she's missed out on like even what the narrative is. Like when they were interviewing like the cast behind the scenes, like as they're getting ready, they're like, Paige, like, what are you going to try and prove and she was like I just want to prove that like Hannah is not a bitch and I was like no one has ever said Hannah was a bitch that was never like the complaint against her the complaint was like she's like manipulating and like being overly dramatic and like disingenuine and like and mm-hmm. like no, I wouldn't ever call her like a bitch you know what I mean I, I <laughs> as a man <laughs> I would I would call I would call as a, as a man it's my job to call Hannah a bitch um no I'm just kidding she, <laughs> but like you know so here's my here's my two cents about Hannah like in general and like you know I don't know any of these people. And like the reason why we watch these shows is because we get to judge strangers. And like, mm-hmm. I'm sure that, the you know, I'm very sensitive to like each of their position in these situations. And like, I can kind of, I could see how everything with Hannah was escalating in the moments that it was escalating. And I could sort of sense why, but I think that like big picture, what we're witnessing is something that we've, seen before it's a phenomenon of reality television where when hannah came in and joined the cast of summer house she was kind of a breath of fresh air she was like very fun funny she was sort of like the friend she was never quite like the main character and like you know there was like much more drama around like wood page and carl get together and she was like sort of like the sidekick almost and like i think that the the Summer House fans like fell in love with Hannah because she seemed like a real girl who could like be honest and who would be fun, who was like supportive, who's a good friend. And like it went to her head crazy. And she mm-hmm. developed like a hundred podcasts, like <laughs> got a job hosting a show on Bravo with Portia and some other ladies. And like I think that the fame has gotten to her and that's what we're seeing when she's coming into this season of Summer House and she's become very imperious. She thinks that she can do no wrong. She's way too confident and like she's unwilling to admit when she's wrong and she's become an asshole. And I think that she was being an asshole all season and like when that happens, we saw it happen with Nene in Real Houses of Atlanta. It's like when you think you're too good for the show... Like, you don't belong on the show. And That's you the beginning go. of your downfall. Yeah, as a and like you member. have to, you have to come in and be willing to like meet everybody on their level, and like when you isolate yourself, because I think a lot of re- the reason why she became kind of like the standout villain of the season is because she wasn't being fun she wasn't being nice like she was hiding in her room not talking to anybody and that's just like not cool behavior it's boring to watch on tv she just sort of seemed like you know 
when and she's also the sort of person where she either thinks she's always right or she's a victim and it, she's mm-hmm. never like wrong or sin- apologizing in a sincere way or like squashing things you know what i mean no and there's no humility and like it goes a long way to just be like yeah i was like kind of psycho and i'm really sorry like that was crazy of me and like i'm truly sorry that's like all you have to say (laughs) (laughs) it's that easy actually and like she can't even muster up even just the ability to like fake that kind of apology instead it is like it is just like victim and like fake crying and then there's like all of the kind of lying which i think is like more of a a pride thing when it comes to like the Luke situation in particular. I feel like with the Luke and Hannah relationship, just as a viewer, I felt like I was seeing what they were both not admitting, which was that they had a very intimate friendship and Hannah being like, I'm sorry to do men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but I feel like Hannah being the woman in that relationship saw felt that intimacy with him and wanted to take it to the next level and Mm -hmm. have an actual relationship and then the man in the relationship sees this intimacy and he's like oh if we take it to the next level we might mess it up and i'm gonna like lose my best friend so he kind of keeps her he strings her along because he doesn't want to lose the relationship and she allows herself to be strung along because she's holding out for something that's not going to happen so it was sort of like the only end result was for it to blow up in both of their faces And it just seems like kind of avoidable and like, I don't know why they can't admit it because now in hindsight, they're both trying to sort of deny either thing happens because they're both trying to kind of like retain their self-respect. And it's like, it's actually like a perfectly fine and perfectly normal thing to happen. Yeah. And it doesn't need to necessarily like mean that either of them look like an idiot. But they make it like Hannah... They're being so immature. (laughs) They're being insane. And I think like when you're in Hannah's situation, like and the one who's perceived as like pining for the other person that like didn't Mm -hmm. want you in that way, that person is always just going to have to take like a hit. And especially when it's like televised, it's just going to be like, oh, that's sad for you. But when the truth of the matter is he actually like couldn't handle how much he wanted her in that way. And that was his issue. He was running from something where she was running toward it. Do you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. I don't think that means that it meant less to him or that he was less invested than her. That's just how he can make it come across, which I think is like bullshit. Yeah. That's and it's a good like something point. guys do, you know what I mean? It's like, so when, when they are sticking up for her, like when Sierra and Paige are sticking up for her and be like, no, but Luke was really into Hannah. It's like, they're right. He was, and he's acting like he wasn't. And it's like, because he would rather have like, even according to Sierra's own testimony, like pretty meaningless sex with somebody as like a rebound than have to like face the emotions he feels about this person. And yeah. it just seems like he's not really mature enough to handle intimacy, which is just classic. And he was like, I think, still tangled up with all his ex, him and his ex girlfriend or whatever, who really did a mind fuck. And someone on the pod had mentioned, like, they were like, Bravo needs to do what needs to be done and bring this ex girlfriend, like, on the show. Like, I would love to just see the woman who, like, drove Luke insane. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, Luke also. I mean, I doubt he's going to own up to this fact, but there is, like, something that happens that I think is 
what is really driving like everyone crazy, which is like guys who are good looking like that are flirting with everybody <laughs> and like they're acting That's like it's nature. just an accident. And it's like, no, you're doing it on purpose because it's your way of like making friends and roping people in because you can't do it with your personality because you like make shitty songs on your acoustic guitar and nobody wants to listen to them. Yeah, because so you've never like, had to develop a personality because you've just been hot and like can like smile or wink at a, someone and they're like, ooh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So gross. <laughs> but when when Hannah and Luke are like both saying their own part, like what she perceived him to tell her where he was like, I don't do labels. Like, I think we should be friends. And like her perception of that, it's just like, it's shocking to me that they come away with like such different interpretations of like what that conversation prior to the season filming was. I think in that specific exchange, my instinct was telling me that he was lying. Wow. Okay. Cause I was like, is Hannah lying? Like someone is lying, but it's weird to not know who it is. Yeah. And we'll never know, but I think that it's like ultimately fine i think it's like healthy that this unhealthy kind of codependent relationship ended but i also i'm I'm now i'm now looking at things and i'm like i don't really see a future for hannah on the show because i don't see there's no coming back from this like her only hope was she's alienated amanda and kyle she's alienated luke um you know i feel like Lindsay and Danielle don't really care one way or the other about Hannah. It's kind of like you have like two allies in the house and they don't really need you either. It's sort of like, I feel like I don't see how she gets, if it weren't like a contract series, like I don't see how she gets invited back to the house or why she would go. I mean, like I would love to see her back just to see more of like it would be now watching uh, to like watch her just downfall completely, Mm -hmm. because I think if this is her behavior now, she would just like continue to bury herself. And I get a certain rush from watching that. And but that's not like a good thing. It doesn't make me feel good. But like I would love to see it. But uh, But does that mean that we're going to be forced to have Des next summer? See, like, I'm ready for a Hannah and Des just being, like, the Mm. outliers of the summer house and just bringing, like, so much cringe to the table that it makes everyone feel disgusted. Their flagrant sexual chemistry did make me feel um, uncomfortable. Yeah, it was unhinged (laughs) sexual chemistry. (laughs) From the jump. (laughs) so over the top my favorite though in this like exchange between hannah and luke because i was just getting secondhand embarrassment imagining like what a horrible situation it would be in to have like a former crush to go on a filmed show with like all my friends and then have my crush be like i never liked you like that like you liked me and i didn't return the feelings and then have everyone tell you like reiterate what he just said and carl just goes so brutal (laughs) it is so brutal he kept saying that and i was like i stand with carl on this one it's fucking brutal (laughs) wow i mean i think that if you know in, in classic reality tv rehab like you know hannah's best bet would be to come back on the show with like a completely um humbled attitude and essentially you know she came in the season being like it's all about me 
Like, Mm -hmm. look, I have this contract with Bravo. I have this podcast. I'm, I'm talking to these people like, you know, playing the field. She was like being a, she was kind of came in being like, I'm a baller. (laughs) I think, and everything's all about me. And I think she needs to come in being like, I'm not the main character. She needs to get rid of that main character syndrome and lighten up. And maybe she will because now she's in a relationship. So she won't have any romantic drama, but it's like, I think, you know, if she wants the viewers to welcome her back, I think she's got to like, uh, take a back seat. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I have breaking news for all the men out there who are looking for a little cup support. Finally, Me Undies is unveiling their latest gifts to help men feel big. The contoured pouch and ball caddy. This micromodal sling keeps things separated and lifted. Nine out of 10 women swear this sophisticated brief technology will make you look huge. And that's all that matters, right? I personally have not tried the contoured pouch and ball caddy, but I do have a pair of high-cut, high-waisted MeUndies, and I'm obsessed with the material. I love to sleep in full-coverage underwear, and these are so soft. They're comfortable. They're also flattering. They don't cut in weird to my hips or waist, and I'm positive that based on my experience with MeUndies, the men who decide to go down a contoured pouch and ball caddy road are also going to be singing MeUndies praises. From all black classics to fun, expressive prints, MeUndies has a look for everyone. Plus, they come in sizes XS to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. MeUndies isn't just about underwear. Explore the lounge collection featuring joggers, hoodies, onesies, and more. MeUndies' signature fabric is as soft as a warm hug from your favorite sweater. It's breathable, stretchy, and oh-so-comfy, making it ideal for all-day wear. They use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that care for their workers. Not happy with your first pair of undies? It's on me undies. Good things come in big packages at MeUndies. Get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash sexy. That's MeUndies.com slash sexy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William vs. Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. There is always a road to redemption. Like if Camille Grammer could do it, like anyone can. Camille did it. 
Camille did it bigger and better than anyone's ever done it, baby. Yeah. So it can maybe be Maybe Portia. Done. I think Portia did like the biggest. Because Camille then came back around to being hated once more. Yeah. <laughs> which I also love. I like yeah. to just keep mixing it up. But I also love like the Vanderpump effect. It's of, the like, swirl. It's like the Dodie the effect where you just descend mm. into hell slowly as everyone watches. And that is like, <laughs> it's terrifying. Too. It's like a horror movie, but I can't tear yeah. my eyes away from it. And I, so I appreciate that. True. I like a little it could happen. with my pleasure. Then- yeah. That brings us to Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Lindsay's on her own swirl. Um, I, th- I fear that the Lindsay backlash could come because I feel like everyone's hyping Lindsay. Like I've been hyping Lindsay. I'm obsessed with her. But how am I, don't I so obsessed with to... Lindsay? What? Why am I so obsessed with Lindsay? It is the like, it's just the publicist. Like I feel like I know girls like this and they're, and they're so... Just kind of, I appreciate just the ridiculousness of all of it and like the high intensity, high drama. It's very like, it's very narcissistic and kind of out of touch with what's actually going on, but in a way that I think is really fun and funny. I feel like I really like her aggressive, (laughs) like, (laughs) gusto with being on this show. Like, it's sort of, I'm not comparing her to a dog, but... You know the way that, like, a dog's resting face is a smile? hmm Like, I like that she's always smiling. She's like, happy when to she, be here. Yeah. She, even when she's pissed off, she's smiling. And when she's yelling, she's smiling because she's just so fucking stoked to be on <laughs> Summer House. Like, and that's the attitude I like. It's what I like on Drag Race, too, you know? It's, like, my favorite queens on Drag Race are the ones who are just so happy to be there. It's, like, because they're with us. They're there. They're getting us excited. She's, like, the hype man of the show, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and she's and gotten so, more of that as the seasons have progressed. And now I think she's, like, really hitting her stride with, like, her just, like, excitement levels and, like, her willingness to fucking bring it and, like say the thing like the there was a clip from like next week where she and Paige are like going at each other and Paige is like okay Lindsay whatever like I've been on the show for four years and she goes three three years and like and even Andy (laughs) laughed and I was like god bless this fucking woman (laughs) she's become the queen of summer house yeah because you know, the workest girls were never really going to do it. They were sort of helpless in a way. But I'm glad that we were left with Lindsay. Um, <laughs> the workest once girls they departed. drifting on stand-up paddle boards and, like, blabbing at each <laughs> other and crying is something, a scene that's been, like, seared into my brain as, like, it's a feel-good moment for me. You know, what would be really amazing would be if the workest girls would come back. But not for the whole season, but, like, what if just, a like, visit. two weekends, they have the house next door. You know what I mean? Like, Or they go to dinner. They're, like, yeah, they're mm-hmm. visiting, and, like, they, they go to group dinners. I think yeah, it'd be a nice think, check-in, because their lives definitely. are so different now. Like, Lauren Workus just had a kid, and, like, I think it would be a nice check-in to see, like, her and Carl just talk about past memories. It is interesting to me that, like, there simply cannot be a gay person. And they tried and it didn't work. Steven. <laughs> who had 
truly so much potential at the start. I was like, God, <laughs> breath of fresh gay air. Like, love him. And then that also devolved into, like, utter darkness. It could not. How do we get Carrie? <laughs> How can Carrie get on Summer House? <laughs> can we plant Would him? Love, need to plant Carrie in the He's Summer He's the gay house. Carl. <laughs> I love it too because he's never watched the show, so it would be it would be like feel really oh, fresh. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, he would be like, like really new, and like he would just have to take everything at face value, mm-hmm. which would be fun to watch. Yeah, we need to start a campaign. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> he'd be horrified at this. I think, but I'm also mm-hmm. like, we the summer house needs him. They need <laughs> like they need some gay people. Like where there have to be like just lines of gay men out the door that are ready to be on a bravo show i think that like the kind of gay man who chooses the hamptons is a very specific type of person and i don't know if they necessarily would gel with this like kind of hard partying heterosexual like you know flat iron district salad shaking carnivorous girl boss soul cycle yeah which is very Lindsay too like this is the thing about Lindsay. like she unlike the workus girls well there was the one normal workus and then there was the the crazy workus yeah whose names i won't remember the one who dated carl who was like kind of like unhinged was that Um, lauren that was ashley or lauren (laughs) i can't remember i could never get their names straight it doesn't matter, but like Love you know, them. one of them one of them was married and the other one was unwed yeah. and one frantic of them was like a little bit it. blonder. Yeah. And yeah. like she was really sad for her sister. Her sister yeah, well like she unmarried. was a very sad a sad sack of a character. And like what Lindsay brings us is like the opposite of a victim in a way, because she's like she has internalized this like third wave feminism girl boss thing to like in almost like deranged mindset where she's like, this is my checklist. You're not meeting my expectations. This relationship needs to change or I'm out. And it's like, that is really like what makes her so compelling. It's like, she doesn't get sad. She gets everything activated yeah (laughs) Yeah, she gets activated activated and like demands and i love that she's a girl boss without having a company or like a job other than being like a reality tv star it's just really also girl boss source energy i think that there was like definitely i'm sure that the audience is split on this but i think that like you know when danielle was like this is your fault like (laughs) all these relationships are blowing up like this is your fault you know like i agree with that but there's also a part of me where i deeply respect the fact that she's just like yeah i'm gonna get drunk and turn into a psychopath and you need to know how to calm me down and like like deal with me like as opposed to being like i will change it's like she knows herself well enough to know that this is just how she is and that her ideal partner will be someone who doesn't get stressed out by that. Yeah. Or who can who laugh kind of about it, it and who can like defuse it. Yeah. I know. Like when she shows an areola, I feel like the ideal partner would then like motorboat her or something like that. <laughs> or cheer her, like cheer her on and be like, God, or just like laugh I've ever and seen. like let yeah. her do whatever she wants to do, you know, like mm-hmm. don't get so like, it's, it's like the, you know, that was not the right partner for her. 
She was right. No. I don't yeah, I don't she... think she fucked up that relationship. I think it wasn't the right relationship. It was definitely not the right relationship. Um, I like that Sierra said that. I want no so one... I want a man. Sorry to cut you off. Just to no, it's just okay. put a cherry on that. I want a man to love and appreciate Lindsay as much as we do. Mm-hmm. I think that's that what it's, it is. I, it's possible, <laughs> and I believe in that for her. Yeah, me too. I just it might. It's gonna take some searching and power dating, I think, and also just kind of relinquishing the timeline of it all mm-hmm. in favor of locking down like the right guy. Can you believe that Sierra, that no one at her work knows that she's on a reality show? <laughs> I loved that answer because I feel like every time someone says something like that to Andy, it's like a dart. <laughs> it's, um, he hates it. He hates the, the idea that everyone in this hospital isn't glued to Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> I love He's that like, she's like, how oh, can they not on. know? <laughs> and uh, my glasses and... I she's like I black out like the last my last name and I was like I don't know wouldn't what her that last name cause is. yeah I guess I don't know what her last name is either but like wouldn't that cause more intrigue if like a nurse was walking around with like no last name on their name tag maybe she does it so people can't don't look up her social media yeah probably um but like I that was just so real. It's like, yeah, these doctors and nurses in this hospital probably have like families and kids and they like go home and they watch the news and they watch like Hulu and they like don't even know about this show. <laughs> and like Love that her secret, was her double so, life. So real. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Andy was Andy gagged because that's taking a swing and Sarah didn't even realize it. it I know Andy so move. well that when people say things like that, <laughs> I see his like I see like a little vein bulge out of his temple. You know what I mean? You're right. It did. Get he's like smiling him. and he's like, Oh really? <laughs> One of his teeth just like, they don't watch in the back. <laughs> his jaw's so clenched. <laughs> I was like, Sierra's days are numbered for a statement like that. <laughs> Sierra was like a very seamless integration of diversity onto a Bravo show, which I also just like feel like bears mentioning because they're trying to do it with all of their shows. And mm-hmm. I love her just as an unannounced guest and that it worked out. Yeah. And she really like, she got in there. I don't know how the alignment with Hannah is going to work out for her. And I'm, I'm, but I am excited to see her on winter house, like see her and Paige on winter house. Cause I think, I think she has a lot of potential to bring stuff to the table. I think people get really mad about her because they're like, she's so boring. But I was like, I'm into it. It was a welcome energy. I think that she had like a kind of a calming energy in the house because like, I think nobody wanted to, I think when there's a new person, it can be good because no one wants to act insane in front of the new person. Mm -hmm. And they're everyone's trying to make a good impression. And so like, they certainly did act insane in front of her, but I think like to a degree when she was there, everyone would kind of take it down a notch because they're not trying to like scare her away. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> um, um, if we want to talk about winter house, I, I was texting you last night about like how I know exactly what Bravo is up to. Yeah. And this. you really opened my eyes to a shocking manipulation on bravo's part i guess not so shocking considering like there's a lot of audience crossover but go ahead and like reveal your theory to the listeners 
I think that Bravo is entering into... I don't want to say that they're being desperate. But they're not being passive either. They are copying Bachelor. And The Bachelor has, in my opinion seized culture i think that it's insane that the bachelor has been on tv for this long and it still stays in the headlines like no other reality show Mm -hmm. like it becomes like national news like everything that happens with this show and it is like a master class in um tv drama because they somehow do manage to one-up themselves every single time and i don't know how they do it it seems like con I think there's probably a lot of production manipulation, but I think that everyone who works in reality TV is looking at what Bravo Nation is doing. And I know that because I have friends who are also reality TV producers who talk about it. Reality TV producers get furious about The Bachelor. Like, furious. Like, I never see people get as activated um, as when they're talking about The Bachelor's kind of, like, production uh, choices. And what they get away with and how much people buy into it and how popular it is. It makes them furious. And I think that we're seeing Bravo now try to actually come for them and they're starting small, but this winter house thing where they're bringing in cast members from Southern charm and cast members from summer house. And it's all the single ones. It's clearly some type of matchmaking premise to this show Mm -hmm. where they're going to try to get them all to hook up. It just feels very, bachelor in paradise but also the bachelor did one season that was called bachelor winter games where (laughs) they were it was supposed to be tied in with like the olympics that were happening in that same year and it was like bachelor contestants like on ice yeah (laughs) playing hockey and like room of executives it's like all right so winter game winter olympics are coming up like how do we do a bachelor thing with this like it's just such like a And I don't want to even explain the fact that I, that I watched The Bachelor. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I watched The Bachelor. But <laughs> they also did something with Winter Games that it was interesting that Bravo, I guess, like, can consider for maybe for another thing. But they brought in, like, international Bachelor stars because The Bachelor also exists in overseas markets. Like, there's, mm-hmm. um, there's like, The Bachelor Korea. And there's, like, either there's The Bachelor in all these different foreign countries. And they brought in contestants from those. So it was like an international cast and we saw some like international hookups taking place. Oh, cool. Um, And I, and we're seeing it also with the Bravo Peacock television, Peacock TV, Peacock plus whatever it is, co-production of whatever this housewife series is where they're all like going to an Island. The all stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really intrigued by the all-stars like obviously we'll be watching that like to see to see like Kyle Richards be in the same room as Teresa Judice I'm like what is that like it's gonna be a little celebrity apprentice (laughs) but it's a little bachelor in paradise but it's also just like you know middle-aged divorcees (laughs) so it's like it is it does feel like We've seen bits and pieces of it elsewhere before, but it will be really exciting. And I think that, like, you know, I've had so many conversations with friends over, like, 
what the ideal cast would be, what would be a cool direction for them to take it in. Like I was saying how if they really wanted to make it insane, it could be all just ex-housewives, like the Island of Misfit Toys. And you would yes. have like, you know, Camille Grammer, Kim Zolciak, Vicky Gumbelson. Vicky Gumbelson. <laughs> oh my God. Um, this is Nini my Leakes, heaven on earth. Kelly yeah. Ben Simone. And like... <laughs> Uh, Brandy Glanville but it's like they're all too crazy and that's why they got kicked off Housewives in the first place so it would be like almost like Bad Girls Club yeah it's like like Bad Girls Club meets Lord of the Flies (laughs) too scary (laughs) um but I you know I think that this initial cast is like very basic and very kind of obvious but I think it's because they're like it's the entry level season it's like here's the premise and then I think they do have the opportunity maybe if it carries on for multiple seasons which I'm sure it will to bring in housewives from Melbourne like housewives from Vancouver like maybe like these international housewife shows that not everybody has watched um That would be amazing. Like really spice it up, you know. So we'll see. Maybe some ex-housewives. But I, I do feel like this is... We're seeing, like, the seeds being planted of, like, a new kind of Bravo reality culture. And, like, I think that there's... You can look at it one way. Like, I think that there was an interview Andy gave where he said he would only do something like that if they were really in trouble and the show was really going downhill. And now mm-hmm. they're doing it. But I don't think that's why they're doing it. I really think it's just an expansion of the extended universe. Like, they're branching out. They're going bigger. It feels like a logical next step. Like I want to see, I like to see the cross pollination of like people from summer house and Southern charm, like meeting. And like, I think they're having other singles or like casting people coming in like, like models or influencers that can also join. So I like integrating new people into the mix in that way, but I also want them to keep developing. Like I need, we need like summer house. It's almost time to have that lead into a backdoor pilot of whatever the next like mm. sexy young singles binge drinking somewhere would be. But should winter house be, I mean, it's already been filmed and it appears that they're I don't in like think some of type winter of house Alpine. Being, yeah. I don't think of that as being like the, like the spinoff of like a summer, like Vanderpump, like Housewives to Vanderpump Rules to Summer House to something other than Winter House. Like their own Bachelor in Paradise. Bachelor in Paradise is, is to me the main event of Bachelor culture. That's like, like, like where they are all just on an island and they're having to pair off and like, mm-hmm. do they compete? I've never watched Bachelor in Paradise. They don't compete, but there is an elimination process. Okay. And it's the women, like, the women choose the men, and then the men choose the women, and the women choose the men. And so it's, like, whoever's left over leaves. Like, you have to choose a person who you're, like, hoping to build a relationship with, and if you're not building a relationship, (laughs) you're gone. (laughs) So it's sort of like musical chairs. Okay. (laughs) Um, Which gives it kind of, like, the tension and the drama. It's, like... You know, like two men are both interested in like whoever these dumb bitches. Like I don't remember any of their names. They're all horrible people. <laughs> I love the way that these shows approach like relationships and like what like the origins of like a be- like a love relationship or like romantic relationships. 
And ironically, like the the relationships from Bachelor universe that last are usually forged in controversy, which is like very typical of a romantic relationship. This idea of it's like it's us against the world or like it's Mm -hmm. forbidden and not supposed to happen. So like a lot of the couples that have stayed together are like the ones who the fans hate because it meant that like somebody else was betrayed. Um, and so they never invite them back or like brag about them having found love on the bachelor because it's like, it makes people too upset. Yeah. So you have like, there's Ari and like Lauren, I think that was their names. And like, that was a really dramatic season because he chose, um, Oh yeah. Didn't he like leave someone like he got engaged with another woman? Yeah. And then he, after the season ended when they were doing their like little honeymoon together of like hanging out in secret before the news broke, he like decided he made a mistake and he broke up with her and then he got with the other one. And so everybody hates them, but like now they have like three kids or something and it's like, they're definitely like a real couple and he probably made the right choice. Mm -hmm. Um, But they can never show their faces again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, at least they're happy and they've had, they found each other. Exactly. Um, We celebrate Kyle and Amanda's relationship. I like that now we've Mm -hmm. gotten to a point where we're just like, oh, you guys like aren't at each other's throats all the time. Like you've made it really far. And I I hope that it stays this way for them because I was worried that like, it would not work out in their favor. Like last season Mm. when they got engaged, I was in a place of no, don't do this. You're making a huge mistake. I always thought they were the real deal. Final, final fantasy. Yeah. Because I think that like (laughs) the way that Kyle was resisting the relationship is because he knew that was it. You know what I mean? And like when men are like, they know that it's like the one and that this is like who they're going to end up married to. They rebel a little bit at the end or they're like, we'll resist it or they'll act out in some way. And I feel like what we're seeing is Kyle has now completely given himself over to the relationship and like accepts it. And like, so that's why there's no drama anymore because he's Mm -hmm. sort of like, he's, he's gotten over that hump, you know? Yeah. His need to, like, establish himself as, like, a free bird. Yeah, now I think he's kind of taking out all of that horny energy on his um, beverage company. Mm-hmm. And it's, <laughs> so like, he's... it's really working for him. Like, yeah. I'm proud of how far Loverboy has come. To see him from, like, fledgling entrepreneur, in quotes, like, in the first seasons, trying to sell that, like, fitness app, to mm-hmm. now, like, having a product that's like they can't keep it on the shelves is it's a great it feels hopeful i do feel grossed out by their intimacy maybe I, i'm just repulsed by intimacy in general but i i feel like there's you know they're so comfortable with each other that i feel like it's gotten into the territory where their bodies are just attached and they're always like um you know, farting and pissing and stuff. And like, they're totally, they're comfortable to like a leave the bathroom door open degree Mm -hmm. that I like find really unappealing. Um, But I think that's probably why they'll go the distance. (laughs) Yeah, totally. They have an extreme comfort level with each other that like, where like, it's not that I think that either of them are particularly unattractive. I'm, I don't think I don't find Kyle attractive personally. I think Amanda's gorgeous, but like they do. I ha I have found myself grossed out by them. Yeah. I haven't gotten to that 
point quite yet. Like I was there more with like Jax and Brittany because they just got mm, they it's got really that similar. Level of intimacy. Yeah. yeah, it's similar. But Kyle and Amanda are hotter than Jax and Brittany are, so I like <laughs> I accept it. <laughs> I think Jax is hotter than Kyle. Ooh, uh, that I hate that I just said that is but... wild. And I don't think he's hot. I did in the early seasons when he had a big nose. Oh, yeah. He was so hot in like seasons yeah. one, two. And then he got that nose job, I think, in three. And it was all it was downhill kind of from all there. Over. And the yeah. coke bloat caught up to him and like the steroid use. <laughs> <laughs> he fluctuates. Um, Hannah's interpretation of like the what her fights have been with Kyle I was truly like, who is this person? Like she believes her own fantasy Mm -hmm. to an extent that I was like, she's living in another dimension. Yes. And like define the laws relationship. Yeah. It's like defies the laws of like metaphysics and like she experienced (laughs) like a fully different, like a dimensional spinoff, like walked through a portal and then had an experience that no one else in this entire house had. And like not even down to like the camera crew that was filming it and the audience watching it. And you see everyone in the reunion being like, we all were on the same show. Like this is what happened. And she's so like staunch in her beliefs. I'm, I almost respect it because it's so delusional, but then it terrifies Mm -hmm. me because it also is so delusional. I think what you respect about it is that it's so intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't feel like she's a victim of her own denial. It feels like she has manifested it. And it's like almost like it's a tactic or like a survival instinct to get her the the marriage that she wants. I don't know. It's like the it's actual like, like the actual marriage like with Des that she wants or like Oh, I thought you were talking about um Amanda with Kyle. <laughs> Oh, no, I was talking about Hannah. Because they were bringing up how Kyle used to behave, and she gave a really delusional answer, like, where she was complimenting him, and it was like... Um, oh, yeah. No, yeah, with with I was going to say, like, with Hannah, it's that exact thing. And I think that with her, that's just, like, kind of an ego block. Yeah. And I think that she's too embarrassed to admit that she's wrong, and I hate that type of personality. It's like, just say you were wrong. Well, it's like it's you... Fine. It's shocking when you see someone who doesn't just have the sense or can't sense that it's actually not in their favor to act this way. Yeah, that they're making it worse. She's lost all, like, there's no strategy, uh, strategies, strategy (laughs) behind what she's doing. Like, it's not savvy. It's not like. She's not like thinking about like career longevity almost. It's just like everything's going out the window for what? So like, so you can feel right in this situation. Well, I felt that from the beginning of the season and I felt like she was coming into the season, the Hannah that we knew before. So she tends to be like pretty rational. And I even found her in the past to be pretty emotionally mature. Like I actually mm-hmm. liked how she handed, handled the Luke relationship and handled it with her friends. I didn't think she really got angry at them. Like I feel like the way they're remembering it, 
they were being more dramatic than she was. Like they were being, they thought they were being so protective and like keeping her away from this bad guy. And she kind of very plainly told them like, I'm an adult. I know what I'm doing. And like, I like Luke and I like my relationship with him. And I I didn't find her to be like out of line back then. No, me Um, neither. I was like, so this was was surprising on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now Um, it's like a fully different. It truly is like she's in another dimension. Right, and it just feels like a pride thing, and it's not working. <laughs> and, like, I think that's why we're seeing Danielle speak up about it, because Danielle is sitting across from her, and she's like, what is going on? Like, I don't, like, what is wrong with you? Are you crazy? Like, she went in a little too hard at her at one point, mm-hmm. and, like, I could feel her, like, you know that feeling when you know you're taking it a little too far, but it's too yeah. late to turn back. <laughs> and, like, she was really giving that energy, and, like... I know, but it's, I know that it's because she just knows that she has to poke that hard to puncture this like bubble of delusion that Hannah is coming with at them with. Yeah. And it's, uh, and Danielle, I also, you know, you know that it's like serious. Well, I was going to say, she's like, Danielle's kind of the most sane person in that whole house. And like, I think she has kind of the best attitude of everybody in that house. And I actually think she's, like, the prettiest person in the house. Like, I'm always, like, when I'm watching it, I'm like, why isn't Danielle, like, the main character? Like, how come, mm-hmm. Dan- like, Danielle feels like, why is she not everyone's, why is everyone not wanting to hang out with Danielle? Like, I would be, like, only hanging out with Danielle if I was in that house. Because she just she's seems, the like, the She's the most aspirational one. She's, like, having yeah. a good time. She doesn't need the show. She, like, does it she's for smart. fun. She's smart. She's hot. She's fun. She's funny. Like, She's not a buzzkill. She seems like she's a really good friend. And I feel like she really took a back seat, kind of like the whole season. I feel like she's kind of like the star who's right under our noses or something. Yeah. It's, Hiding it's, in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the gem. Um, I loved that podcasts became, and people's appearance on podcasts became like the center of so much drama it felt like podcasts are finally having like their day in court (laughs) you felt seen I felt seen I felt honored (laughs) I was like this is now a real medium that people can like refer to it felt like a coming of age just for podcasts as like a thing well I didn't like it Because I don't listen to those podcasts. So I don't know what they're talking about. You know what no, I mean? No, I don't it's listen like, to them either. I mean, I was just like, but I like that it's getting referred to. Like, I like that that now can be drama on these kinds of shows that people point to where they're like, you talk shit about me on a fucking podcast. Like before, I feel like years ago, people didn't care about that as much. Like it wasn't like, mm-hmm. it wasn't a move that you could make outside of a show to then that would cause drama on the show. Yeah, that was reserved for Twitter. Mm-hmm. And now, and like, like, Twitter is still coming into the picture. But I, th- I think here's, I think the producers need to do a better job of exerting these podcasts. They so when you need to like, Carl says you said that I was a drug addict on a podcast. Can we roll the clip? Like, can we hear what he's talking about? Because I, I know, don't. Because I had to go into the depths of like the Bravo house or the Bravo summer house subreddit to like find links to these podcasts so I could like hear for myself. And so it would, they should really just be like pay the podcasters a nominal fee to like get the, get the roll the clip. 
And there was another part that they didn't adequately explain, which was (laughs) when um, Paige was discussing how Luke was obsessed with Hannah and she was like, we would be doing Giggle Squad. Like we were doing Giggle Squad or something like that. It was Giggly Giggle squad. something. Giggle yeah. group. Giggle Giggle girls <laughs> and like Grigio girls. And like um, Hannah would go, oh, I have to go because Luke is calling me. And I'm like, what is she referring to? Is that just like an expression? And then no, like that's their podcast. I found out that's another podcast. That's Hannah and Pages that I never knew existed. Yeah, there's that one. There's um a podcast that got like a shout out was Two Judgy Girls, which is like another Bravo themed podcast that got like a shout out at the top of the episode. So I was like happy to see like that recognition of those like Bravo podcasts. And I think um the podcast or I think I know because I like literally looked this up. The podcast that Hannah was talking about, like Carl's drug problem on was Danny Pellegrino's podcast who like also oh. covers like Bravo and pop culture stuff. So I just, it's cool to see those. That's when Andy clenches his teeth in the, again, no, whenever like, she's like, Oh, well, you know, we're doing giggle squad. And he's just like, he chips another crown because he's like, do not plug your podcast on here. That is not Bravo know, affiliated. Also, it feels like, it feels like a win for those podcasts specifically to be brought up in his universe. Cause I feel like Andy, he is and does think of himself as like the king of talking about any of this stuff. But now there's Mm. obviously so many podcasts that like cover Bravo reality shows and also will have the stars and interview them and can probably ask even more probing questions than Andy can ask on watch what happens live. So it's like, it's a way that the media landscape and like the coverage of these shows is changing. So it's like, I'm glad that he's honoring He's a little. He's with. He's a little bit, but like, I don't know if I told you this story. I think I did when I was last on the podcast. But when I was at Watch What Happens Live, because this is again like when you get sucked into Bravo World, you end mm-hmm. up at Watch What Happens Live all the time. It's like yeah, there it, it is like endless. But like, I was at one time when I was at Watch What Happens Live, like. It was when they had all of these housewives on at once. It was like kind of some kind of special episode. And it was like Ramona was there and Karen Huger was there. And it was like, you know, it was like a whole to do. And um, during the commercial break, uh, or no, it was they do like an after show or something. Mm-hmm. So it was like actually oh, yeah, the for after like show. YouTube or something. Yeah. And like Ramona kept talking about cameo. And like telling Andy that he needs to get on cameo. And I've never seen Andy like more furious and wanting to get off a topic faster. Like he hated that they all kept bringing up cameo and he kept being like, okay, let's move on. Like it was like he chipped all the teeth, like all the teeth just like shattered and fell out of his mouth, like on Looney Tunes because like they were bringing up this, like this other business where they're making money that is not Bravo sanctioned. Bravo's going to have to like up the fucking game. And it seems like they are with this, like following bachelor nations lead, but I'm in, I'm interested to see like where it goes with incorporating more like podcasters and stuff. Yeah. So a topic that I want to get on is like, I think it's like, it's, it's the most important topic to me of this entire season Mm -hmm. is um, Lindsay and Stravi's romance. (laughs) (laughs) courtship 
and struggles. And, like, how are we feeling about every time Stravi gets brought up? Like, Lindsay's just, like, putting her head in her hands and being like, fuck, dude! <laughs> fuck me! I love when uh, Andy was like, uh, how do you feel, like, about the way things went with Stravi? Like, see, watching back the way you talk to him, like, how, do you feel bad? And she goes, I mean, I feel a little bad, but I love that she was like, I don't actually feel all that bad. And then Danielle was like, she says that Lindsay was baited and switched by Strabby, which I, was, <laughs> I feel bad for him because I think he got in way over his head. Like, I don't think this was the right relationship for him. And like, mm-hmm. he didn't stand a chance against Tubhouse. But I did enjoy just seeing her, like, she cut him down to size and just like eviscerated him in such a way it was kind of marvelous to see representation <laughs> of that relationship dynamic on TV. I mean, between Stravi and her previous boyfriend, whose name Abret. is escaping me, but Abret. I just want to, I was going to call him Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> and I just see this image of him like fuming in my brain at, at like her antics. What? Lindsay's choosing the wrong guys. Like yeah. that much is clear, but like she is, what is it that draws her to these men that are not right for her? I honestly don't know because Everett and Stravi are very different from each other. They do have a similar like coloring, like they're kind of dark, handsome, dark features, handsome guys. But I mean, Everett, I, I love that Everett was like a veteran. Yeah. I feel like people really forgot about that. And I was just like, wow, I love like Lindsay's out here, like supporting our troops. Everett also had like brooding veteran energy where there was like a touch of maybe PTSD and like. He could survive a war, but he couldn't survive Lindsay. Could not survive. (laughs) (laughs) And he also was just like, he had that kind of rate. Like he matched her in rage levels. I feel like. Mm hmm. And so I think she liked that he would kind of fight with her. But then Strabby was not, when it came to like fight or flight, he was flight. And that's like a, a, just like a DNR for Linz. Like she wants a guy that will match her. Fight. Like, I think that there's like the, the kind of um, like specter of a fight. Like that there seems like there's a possibility of one because of I feel like the way he would like shut down is the same way that Everett would like shut down with her Mm -hmm. and there is part of her that like that really like gets her going into a rage when that happens and I think she's drawn to that quality in a way and maybe that's what she needs to get away from Mm -hmm. but I do think if she had a man who kind of did everything that you need to do to deal with Lindsay, she would be very bored and unhappy at about how happy she is. Yeah, I think she likes conflict. She does. And something to be like I think she likes a project. I think she mm. really like I've almost never seen her happier than when she got that PowerPoint sent to her from Stravi where and like I think she felt good about that. And she felt like she had had taught him. She loved seeing that he was like applying himself and that he might, I think she believed that he was really learning a thing or two. 
<laughs> and I think she like as he was like trying to teach her, her it was the most mansplaining thing anyone's ever done actually sending a powerpoint to educate her on with stick figures being like this is how you communicate in a relationship <laughs> like here's what you can do here's what yeah. I can do it's like <laughs> but she was like that was mind blowing maybe he'll Maybe I'll come away from this really having learned something. And I just love her, the misguided take on it from her. Poor Lindsay. I know. Doomed to be a spinster. I think she, (laughs) I don't think she can be with a man that would be on the show. Like I, and that's where, I think that's where it just it won't add up. Like, I think she needs like an older kind of like businessman type who wants, well, I like, think ready she for a needs wild to maybe second or third like, wife. I think that maybe Lindsay needs to face her attraction to conflict and mm-hmm. recognize that it yields two results generally fight or flight. And then she doesn't like either of those. So like what next? Like how do you approach a relationship if that's your MO? And I don't know about I don't know about Hannah and Des. I think that Des is a little too excited to be on the show. Yeah. And that troubles me about their relationship and and maybe it's you know, I feel like when you look at Danielle for example with this new guy who she's dating, that seems really cute and he seems like he could get he could give a shit about being on the show or not. Mm-hmm. And like and he's down to like be there but he's not going to suck the energy out of the room. Yeah, he's going to, like, shut up and hang out in the background. And like me and all those Real Housewives tapings. <laughs> <laughs> but then he also, like, feeds everyone. I was like, Robert is a keeper on all I didn't levels. even know his name, and that's how much I like him. It's like, <laughs> I don't it's not, like, I just want him, like, a man who's, like, neither seen nor heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but makes you dinner. Lets his woman shine, <laughs> and then will make everyone, like, a delicious, like, five-course meal. Incredible. May we all have that kind of relationship and romance. I'm wondering who Carl will end up with, what kind of woman, and like I don't necessarily think he's going to meet her on Winter House, and I don't know if it's the best thing for him to be going on these shows. I don't think he's going to meet... I don't think we've actually ever seen him in a long-term relation. We've never known like long-term relationship Carl in terms of his trajectory on reality television. So I don't even know if he can enter like a long-term relationship with someone. I don't think it'll be born out of these shows. I feel like I could see maybe him meeting someone off and then bringing her into the world. That sounds a little more feasible, but then I'm also I just think like, he's looking at Kyle and Amanda and he's like, wow, that's because Kyle is like in, a, in like a completely counterintuitive way, like his role model. Yeah. And his lifesaver. He's looking at Sierra and Paige and stuff. And he's like, oh, wouldn't it be great if like my girlfriend was a cast member on this show? We could do this together. And like, yeah. who's going to sign up for that kind of thing? No, he's already like torched all those bridges. I think he has to go outside <laughs> and then bring someone in. But that's also I mean, like when he was trying to... the Lindsay bridge that we knew it was the final straw. Like that <laughs> yeah, was, in, no. it was insane. They even attempted that. <laughs> no, it was born to, it, they were born to die, but God bless him for trying. 
I can't believe they tried that. <laughs> so shocking. At least they didn't go like all the way. I feel like they pulled the reins back just in time to like preserve yeah. the friendship and not like really burn each other in like a lasting painful way. God, life is just all about humiliations. It is. You know, I have a question. So like, yeah. Now that everybody on Summer House has podcasts and much in the same way everybody on Vanderpump Rules has podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, how does it feel to have a podcast about these shows and not be on the show? <laughs> to have a podcast like, and not should be you? Ju- yeah, and <laughs> should you just join the show? Well, like, I'm should like, you join okay, Summer House? I'll tell you my delusional fantasy is like, okay. I'm like, I meet Carl and we really hit it off. Wow. And he invites me to come into the Summer House but I yes. would have probably drama with Hannah because I had her on my podcast, Babe, at, like last year. And then I typically like stay away from having any reality show people on my podcast after everything with Vanderpump Rules. I was like, I can't. But I had mm-hmm. her on Babe, which felt like different. But then it also felt weird to then have to talk about how awful she's been this season on this podcast because I like I just don't like getting the lines crossed like that. But then I was yeah. like, okay, well, I would have maybe drama or like I've talked about Summer House and talked about the people. So they would be like mad at me. So, but that could be built in tension. But then it's like I'd mm. be starting out in a really like precarious situation because I'd already be thought Great. of as like a shit stirrer. Great. And like, do Perfect. I want to claw my way back up into everyone's good graces? Like, I don't know if I would want that. Wow. Journey yeah, that would be intense. Me. It'd be intense. But it would make for like good TV. It might kill but I me think in the you process. Could, <laughs> I mean, how would we strategize this? Like, I think you would immediately have to like um, kiss up to Lindsay. Like, you and oh, Lindsay would just have to become like this. You know yeah, what I, mean? <laughs> I would. Lindsay would be my number one priority. Like, Lindsay and Danielle, <laughs> I think I would align myself with them because yeah. I am closer to them in age, anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I'd want to get in with all the older people. And then I'd also want to be like fun with the younger people. I think it could be done. Like I'm also. I think not... Amanda is generally nice to everyone, kind of as a yeah. rule. So you could probably make friends with her too. Mm-hmm. But she's probably would be bad at greasing the wheels for you with everybody else because nobody respects her. Yeah, she's. It's you got to get in with Lindsay and I think Kyle. And I don't mean that as an insult. I think it's really rude how nobody respects her. <laughs> but yeah. it's just how they are in that house. But I think it's like they think of Kyle as the one who like calls more of the shots socially. Because you need Kyle to like you too. Well, if, then if you and Hannah are beefing, he'll immediately take your side. Yeah, true. We're just checking and we'd have like rival. Here. We'd have like rival pod, like podcast energy. Mm-hmm. And then your friend Carrie comes to visit. <laughs> then he comes in <laughs> to visit, and then he becomes like full time cast member on the yes. side. Yeah. See, this is me producing because I'm, I'm a producer. In. Yeah. I just I would worry that like I don't think that you can get like a bad edit without being without having bad behavior. Like, mm, I but agree. I would worry about just like embarrassing, like being shown 
I don't know. I would worry about like parts of my personality being like exploited in the B roll to like make me seem like more annoying than I am. Or something. And that's actually <laughs> or, what like, Paige unattractive and Sierra angles. were so good at. Yeah, like yeah. Paige and Sierra both like they really keep it together. They keep it so together, and I don't. I'm not like. I get like more expressive and just like mm-hmm. wild. And so I would just worry about that coming back to bite me in the ass. Cause they're also everyone on that show is so hot all the time. And especially oh, Paige yeah. and Sierra from like, they don't have a bad angle and I very much do. So I'd have to, I would have to have some on camera training, I think before I enter the <laughs> summer house, like three months of just You're doing like, like makeup tutorials, contouring. Yeah. Oh, I would like... do all of it. And then like knowing how to position myself just in front of a camera, like having a discussion. Cause I would be like having a double chin all the time. You'd be like... sitting like this, like your legs spread, like elbows on your No, knees. I'd be You're like, like hunched let's break over, it down, like... like Quasimodo. Yeah. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd need like a stylist to come in and help me just like dress for on camera. Like there would be a lot of steps I'd have to go through and then it would be, and then just being natural about it. It's a, it'd be a long it's a production. Yeah. I think, I think I they all go it. into it like this. Yeah. Okay. Is this like the boot camp that these people do in prep for reality appearances I mean, and careers? It's beyond boot camp. It's surgery, injections, like eyebrow laminating. It's like, yeah, you there know, it's would like be you're completely revamping uh, your entire self. I know for television. But, and how would that affect my relationship with Carl? Like, would he start to like me less if I started doing all that stuff? Oh like, right, you guys, because you guys fall in love, and then we fall in you... love just based on him yeah. loving me for like who I right. like the goofy gal that I am, and then suddenly uh-huh. I have to like learn my become angles. this fake bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, because then you would get drunk and it would all just like go out the window. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it'd be, be like just you're like... different. <laughs> Why are you talking like this? Why are you having these conversations? No, I mean, I have a lot of respect for the people that put themselves out there on these shows because you just get, especially now, it's like all you get is like ripped apart by like 17 different podcasts and like 40 subreddits and like Facebook groups. Like it is not, it is not, it can be fun, but I think if you're in someone like Hannah's shoes, it's like, I don't know how you like maintain your mental health after something like that. It's a hellscape. Yeah. But I love to watch. I'm glad that there are people that do it. They give me a reason to live. They've given me a job. So it's great. (laughs) 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 Do you have any final, any final thoughts, feelings? Oh, what do you think Luke is going to say next week when he decides to break the fourth wall? I think Luke has had a bad edit. I think he's had a bad rap. And like... Mm -hmm. I think it's because people are projecting certain cliches onto him. And I think no one's been sensitive enough to the fact that like he had a very close friendship with Lindsay. He or not Lindsay. With Hannah. Um Hannah. And I think that when you lose a close friendship, it's sad. No one feels bad for him. And like maybe they shouldn't, but I'm also like, I don't think what he did was really that bad. And I think that there can be kind of like a a double standard in this weird way where like I think he thought by not having sex with Hannah that he was being like a gentleman, but like actually people think he's like an asshole because he didn't. And it's sort of like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. 
Yeah, I think he would get crucified either way. And like, it's not like he's innocent, but I also just think he's not as, I don't think it was as manipulative or as bad as they tried to make it out to be. And I feel like, you know, this group of people can pile on people. So it would be nice to see Luke have just like a normal season <laughs> where mm-hmm. he's not being um, put in this type of role. But I think he also needs to not get himself into these situations by like bringing one love interest on a show where there's another love interest. And it's like, yeah, I don't think he's smart, you know, yeah, I I just don't think he's smart enough to be as manipulative as they paint him to be. I think he's just kind of like doing his best. And I, I appreciated, I don't think anyone enunciated it well enough or like articulated it well enough. But people brought up the fact that like Hannah uses all these buzzworthy terms of like oh, I love toxic that. masculinity, like blah 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 which she very much does and like gaslighting and trying to and like uses them weaponizes them in a way that they're like not meant to be weaponized and like we need more of a conversation (laughs) about that because she's like disempowering all these like terms that's like things oh they've been long disempowered (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry the culture disempowered them i guess she doesn't have the the singular power to do that but i know you're right but like I, once I, they're know. appearing, once they're appearing on Bravo and like the Bravo World lexicon, they have been like completely disempowered. Well, I think that like a generation of people have completely disempowered the word toxic. Yeah, everyone claims everything is toxic. If you feel remotely uncomfortable at any point, it's toxic. It's like mm-hmm. life is toxic. Like get a grip, grow up, deal with emotionally. It. Everyone is like Julianne Moore and safe, where they're just dealing <laughs> with like toxic people left and right. Yeah. We're all just like oh, like her in that field, <laughs> like that person in the field, like running away from toxic friendships. Exactly, <laughs> and like. Or like, what is his name? Roddy Rich. I'm like forgetting his name. The name of the wrestler who's in They Live, that John Carpenter movie where he has the sunglasses on <laughs> and he's like seeing all of the aliens. <laughs> toxic people everywhere. Yeah. Oh, it's just toxic. Um, but like, I think that we're witnessing kind of like this incredible, um, very like timely and current yin yang of misused buzz terms with Lindsay and Hannah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like Lindsay, it's like kind of two different sides of like the the contemporary feminist coin where like on the one, there's the one person who's like victimized and menaced by toxicity and ma- toxic masculinity, like everywhere that she goes. And then there's the other feminist who's like, I'm a girl boss. I don't need a man. You shape up and do what I say or you're out of here. And it's like, they're both liars. Like it's all just kind of like these, these, you know, they're cloaking themselves in this rhetoric in order to um, position themselves in the center of a narrative where like nothing is their fault. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, I, maybe feminism is also about taking accountability. Maybe it's also about putting yourself on equal footing with like the men in your life and not either being totally the boss of them and not being completely the victim of them. Maybe it's just somewhere in the middle. And like, I think with Lindsay (laughs) in particular, you know, it's like, 
we're witnessing what a joke that all is because she is simultaneously so emotionally needy and codependent and in need of a partner. And mm-hmm. like, I think it's okay for her to be vulnerable and express express that, but it's like so at odds with like her psychological um, conditioning that she's put yeah. herself through. <laughs> and then, you know, with Hannah, it's like, I feel like she wants to be considered sort of like the the centerpiece of the show and like a a force of nature personality wise and yet she anybody who disagrees with her is like attacking her and i feel like both of these both of these women need to like kind of uh take a fucking chill pill i don't know (laughs) and level out a little bit yeah and like the real kind of like um feminist hero in the house is danielle who mm-hmm. has such a level head, is incredibly smart, is becoming very successful on her own, isn't engaging in drama in the house, has opinions, knows how to give them, knows how to speak to people and like communicate uh, and kind of like keep everybody in good spirits. Like I'm very impressed with her on the show. Love Danielle. Like in this, in this, in this mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the pod, giving all your opinions and going in really deep with me on these people it was much needed. I do have one final thing to say. Yes, say which it. Which is everyone was making fun of Paige's outfit. And this has become kind of a constant thing where people are making fun of her for being quote unquote a fashion influencer. And then they're making mm-hmm. fun of the way she dresses. I think Paige has good style. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I think she actually does have better style than Amanda. <laughs> I think that Paige looks good. I think she makes choices and she takes risks and she's hyper feminine and can look very stupid. But I actually think it's cute and fab. Yeah, I like to follow her. I like her on Instagram and like want to see what she's wearing and stuff. It's like very different from how I think Amanda is more how like I would want to dress just like more casual or whatever. But I enjoy that Paige like will take a risk. And like the thing that I don't like good. is that like, she, yeah, she looks good. And I love her hair. I think she has mm-hmm. great hair. <laughs> I'm being such great a faggot right now. It's too. crazy. But like, yeah, she has fierce hair. She she wears clothes really well. I love like her kind of like very, um, I, you know, I love her like dry kind of presence. But I also think that um, what I don't like, and this is something that isn't really on the show, thank God. But I did go look at her Instagram because I was like, what is her fashion influencer um voice like what is she kind of giving on the what what give is she giving and the give mm-hmm. that she's giving is like the look for less and like that is what i kind of don't agree with um yeah i want to see supporting sweatshop factory clothing companies it's like if you're going to be a fashion influencer you should wear fashion you shouldn't wear the knockoff and like I, I understand the idea of like the knockoff is cheaper and she's like showing girls that they can dress like the celebrities who they admire. But it's like at the same time, what are, are you supporting and what are these companies? It's a little mm-hmm. fishy for me. Yeah, it's very fishy when it's truly a brand that I've never heard of in my life. And I feel like it's, it's like not I've all just of- Zara anymore. There's like a million no. of these like very suspicious like Chinese 
factory it's like fast fashion brands. like sunglasses knockoffs or like sweatsuits that look like something that yeah. you think like it would be you you think it would be one thing and you click on it and it's like boys love girls xo or something like that yeah and it's like, <laughs> like it's a like brand that only exists random. on instagram and you can't really mm-hmm. trace it to any you can't trace the supply chain and it's like this is actually like a little bit scary and i feel yeah. like no one should be engaging in it i'm ready for like as things start opening up i want some designers to take notice of Paige because she does look so good in clothes and i want to see the fashion the brands get like stepped up Along with everything else. I mean, it's she could have like a Dorit trajectory in that way. But I don't think the brands recognize Dorit. No, I think because Dorit's stylist like yeah. has the relationship. But like I want to see Paige do that kind of thing. Like I'd like to see her in like high fashion stuff. Paige would be a better person to embrace because at a baseline level, we know she's not involved in any Ponzi schemes or, um, <laughs> you know, like corrupt relationships with like the California Bar Association, for example. Like, I think that looking back the way that fashion embraced Erica Jane might become a little bit embarrassing. Ooh, true. Especially since she was already very wealthy and of course now we're finding out where the money was coming from and it's not it doesn't look good so it's like maybe someone who actually if her brand is built on not affording these brands maybe the brand should like throw the girl a bone and give yeah Paige like a, give Paige Gift her Prada her. moment give her her Prada moment make her some outfits and then she has her whole life ahead of her to like scam <laughs> yeah the scam <laughs> is just beginning yeah it's just beginning Including your scam to get on Summer House. This is all I know. Guys, like, let's secret this into existence. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. I think I need to get back to my real job now. Yeah. Um, Thank you again. Uh, Tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, don't find me i'm in hiding right. fair enough <laughs> i went <Love> private <laughs> i think being in private sorry. the new the new find me is just don't find me okay i respect that and don't call me i'll call you that that's what yeah. i say <laughs> <laughs> if you need to find me chances are you need to just find yourself <laughs> <laughs> find help <laughs> All right, love and light. You don't want to. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, I do have a podcast. It's called Not Really. We don't really record regularly, um, which is now sort of part of the brand, you know? It's a very, great. like... When we feel like it, we'll do it. When You know, when we don't, we won't. If you have a problem, who cares? I feel like there's yeah. so many podcasts now, and I don't really want to just churn out content for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. No, keep I mean, if you if you can keep it special and then make that part of the brand and people still listen, like more fucking power to you. It's it keeps it keeps our listeners on their toes. They like don't know when it's coming. Yeah, you know? and they're just and living their lives on the edge of their seat, like rife with anticipation. Yeah, and it's like every every episode's a surprise. Yeah, I think that's better. Well, love that. Right. So find the podcast. Thank you for don't find me. Patrick. Don't find um, me. Don't repeat any of this. Yeah, we never (laughs) met. This conversation never happened. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.